This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend Camille Cor Chisholm. She is the principal and owner of Indigo Packaging and Consultant. Hi, Camille. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, so good. I've appreciated all your help. You've been so supportive of our live audio events and all the things. You've really saved my bacon a few times. I want to thank you for that. No problem. Hey, we got a sustainability people have to stick together, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Definitely. So tell us, how, how did you get into packaging? It's such a unique. Yeah. So I think I was a... I was actually developed my own STEAM program. So, you know, you hear about STEM, but you you add the A for art and you get STEAM. So I'll just say I was an early adopter of it. My father was a mechanical engineer with an MBA and I loved art. And I actually was taking some art classes in high school at Wayne State in Michigan, in Detroit. And so Wayne State University. So I wanted to go into art and my father said, who's paying for art school? (laughs) <laughs> oh, so I had to kind of rethink that. Yeah. So I'm at Michigan State and I'm taking chemistry and physics and calculus, but then I'm taking art and theater and psychology and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of doing whatever, whatever, <laughs> you know, was sounding interesting, just trying to find myself. And yeah. one of my friends told me about this packaging class, you know, because I was always looking for an elective. And I took this class and I'm like, man, this is really interesting. And I went to talk to the, yeah, I went to talk to the advisor and he was like, you need to do this and this and this. And I'm like, I was literally in the program already without realizing it. (laughs) Literally, I just had to take a couple of business courses, I think microbiology, and then all the packaging courses and I was done. And I interned at Kraft and I was like, this is a lot of fun. It's uh, such a unique industry. And so far, almost everyone I've interviewed has said, I didn't intend to be in packaging. That wasn't my original plan. (laughs) So we all seem to fall backwards into packaging somehow. Yes. Yes. So feel fortunate. You know, I still have ties with Michigan State School Packaging. And it's just, I I never look back, you know, it's just a combination of being creative and technical, you know, all at the same time. Yeah. Excellent. Well, tell us about your company. What is, what is Indigo Packaging all about? So Indigo Packaging is a boutique consulting firm. We specialize in automotive, industrial, and startups. So I would put it in a very brief description. I would say we do project management for packaging. So it can be anywhere from, you know, working on designs, working on timing, helping people determine, you know, what the best sustainable pack is. Also helping them find the right suppliers that they can use. I've been in the industry for over 30 years. So if I don't know the person, I can find (laughs) someone that knows that person or the company that does something. What else do we do? And I'm also during COVID started looking at, you know, what else can I do? 
And I started pivoting towards software. So I am working, I'm developing a software product that is basically a packaging tool for teams in automotive to help with their packaging. They use a lot of returnable packaging. So just so that they have an understanding of what they need comparing, you know, they can do comparison side by side and those sorts of things and help them with their projects. I love that. That's uh the future, I think, is the softwares, the platforms that make people more efficient and sustainable. I'm excited to talk about returnable packaging because the automotive industry has really innovated and been a leader in, in returnable packaging. Can you talk us talk to us about that? Like, how did that start? How does it work? Sure. So, you know, first, it's not very often I hear someone say I get excited to talk about return. <laughs> I do, but, you know, I don't hear other people say it very often. The packaging nerds. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> packaging nerds unite. So, I, so as far as automotive packaging, they started using returnables in the 80s. There's not really much history on how it got started, but they are seen as an asset versus an expense. So, oh. They make a determination on whether you're going to use a returnable or an expendable, which would be, you know, a throwaway box or a throwaway bag. They look at the returnable as in a capital expenditure. So they have to go through the whole process to justify it. I even have samples here. Oh, yeah. These are, you know, little bitty samples. If anyone's (laughs) ever seen me on anything in a meeting, they'll probably see me pull this out. Okay, so... These are, this is an example, obviously it's like 10 times smaller, but yeah. this would be an example of an expendable palette, right? A wood palette. And this so would be an for example. The, for those of you listening, this is a, a, like a small wood palette, like that would emulate like a 48 by 40, uh, yes. two way palette made out of looks like, like balsa wood or something like that, but yeah. it's just a little mini sample. Yeah. So this would be an example of expendable because you, eventually you can throw it away, right? Yeah, Ends up right. in somebody's coffee table or, you know, on some TikTok where they've made like <laughs> Right. And this is an example of, of an, a returnable pack. So it's, it's reinforced and it can be used over and over again. This is an example of a bin. So normally if you have a handheld tote, you would put multiple of these totes on to one of these pallets. But you also can have something that actually has the same footprint as a pallet. So as you can see, they're the same. This would be, um, both of these would be like a 48 by 45 footprint. So then they fill this up at the supplier. They put parts in it. And and it's a plastic, plastic, heavy duty plastic tote bin. Yes. And there are some that are made out of steel, but mostly. Oh, really? Yeah. Most of those are, for some reason, they go overseas. Those are the ones you see overseas, I think, because they're so durable. Mostly what you're going to see domestically and even sometimes crossing the border into Canada and Mexico will be a plastic tote, either handheld or a bin like this. And once they fill that up, empty it, they put it back on the truck and they send it back to the supplier. So that helps because, you know, even though they have to have these, they have to ship it back to the supplier, they have an established route. So that's more efficient, but also they're not throwing these away or they right. shouldn't throw them away. 
but that's another story. So it, you know, they have these routes, they're reusing them and they're, you know, it's just, it saves money in the long run because you can compare the cost of this over a certain period of time versus an expendable box. And over time it pays off. You can reuse corrugated, but only so many times, especially with heavy parts like that, right? Yes. Especially if you have heavier parts and if you're based somewhere that's warm and humid, it doesn't last. I worked at one company and they were in a warm climate and they were using corrugated, it was triple wall, but it was corrugated and they they were constantly replacing them and they didn't have anyone there that was following. And I thought, how many times are they using these? And how many times are you rebuying them? I found out that they were supposed to maybe last so many years they were buying them like three times a year, something. Yeah. And how long would one of those heavy duty plastic totes last? Do you think? So the, the predicted life of these is five to seven years, which is really the life of a vehicle program. So, you know, from the time get the new model of a vehicle until they refresh it and come up with a, you know, a new body style, that's usually going to be about five to seven years. So they anticipate that they last that long. Now, if you do the proper preventive maintenance and you're careful with them, they could last longer than that. But when they do the capital expenditure expenditure calculations, it's five to seven years normally. That's really impressive. And I didn't even think about how cars only get made for a certain amount of time. So that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of a, a fleeting program with kind of planned obsolescence at a certain point. It's mm-hmm. Interesting to think about that. Yeah, most most parts we think of, they're going to run them in perpetuity, but you never know. Well, with cars, it, it makes a lot of sense. The model only lasts so long. Yes. Yeah. And if, you know, if these are maintained well, then sometimes they can plan to use these into the next program. So sometimes they'll look and see how many of these can we carry over into the next program. That's really cool. Not buy as many. Have you seen the ones that collapse? Like the the bins that the sides fold down and then it becomes like this flat. Those that's really fascinating. Yes. And those are good because when you do that return, you know, the, the, the denser that return is the, the, you know, the more economical it is, the less fuel you're using, you know, it really improves the carbon footprint. So if you can break those down and maybe you're sending, you might send in, I'm just going to say 50 in a day, but then you can send back all 250 over a week's time in one truck. So you're using, you know, you're returning on one truck for every five trucks that you send in. That's excellent. I I have a customer that uses those tote bins for food deliveries Mm -hmm. to grocery stores. And they get them back and they're folded flat and they're like a tote bin that is smaller, uh, like to instead of using corrugated boxes. And that that program seems to work really well for them. Yeah, those are great. So, you know, if anybody's listening in the returnable <laughs> packaging world, if you give me a sample of a, a break and one that knocks down, that would be great. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> there are also some that they are are made. They will use a choreoplast, like the plastic corrugated, and they actually are modular and they can break them down and f- ship them flat as well. So the more you can ship them flat in the returnable world, the better. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, such an important part of, of packaging sustainability is, you know, being efficient in freight. Yes. I agree. Definitely. I agree. So what's, what's a, what's a funny story you can tell us? What's something that's happened in your career that, that you were like, Oh man, I can't believe that happened. Okay. So I, I can't, this was a returnable story. We had this one plant I was working with and every month it was like, we're out of containers, we're out of containers. We need more returnables. And we were, they were spending about $10,000 a month on replacing returnables. I'm like, where are these going? Someone's stealing them because theft is, can be a thing with returnables. I'm like, where are these things going? And we didn't have any record of them going out, you know, because we could track them. They're not going in there and they're just going into literally into this black hole. Where are they going? <laughs> so something made me Google map the location. And there was this, maybe I can share the picture with you too, but <laughs> you see this big, like you're seeing these, you know, semi trucks that are, you know, 50 inches, I mean, 50 feet long. Yeah. And they're lined up in this yard. And then you see this big splotch of these black, this pile of something black. Like Those are the containers. This pile was 75 feet long and about 25 feet wide, taking up in the backyard. So I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing you know, we get them in and we can't use them because we just put them in the back. But why don't you just, when you run out, why don't you just go and get, oh, because we have like snakes and scorpions back there. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I think we probably could have afforded to get an exterminator or something. <laughs> that's, so, yeah, that, that's one of my favorites. I'll have to find that picture and share it with you. So I don't oh, know if I love you can it. put it in after the fact, but it, it was just pretty hilarious when I just like, and everyone's like, what made you Google map it? I'm like, I didn't know. I, I would just, where else could these things be? I right. couldn't imagine they could go anywhere else. So <laughs> just on a whim, let me just Google map it and see what happens. Did they end up getting an exterminator or or hiring somebody brave to go out and get them? They did clean them up after that. Because <laughs> I, I think that I copied a couple of people in leadership. <laughs> I just copied a few people in leadership. So yeah, so word got out and they cleaned it up pretty fast. And that's a big savings. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we we're literally <laughs> they were spending ten thousand dollars a month. And because it was, you know, they were saying that they were lost and everything, it didn't necessarily come from their plan. It was coming from a different budget, which yeah. is why I was able to copy leadership. Right. <laughs> Well, and that's the kind of thing that that makes you a long term partner, right? When you solve problems like that. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to be like a super sleuth slash psychologist <laughs> slash artist slash everything. You know, that's one of the great things about packaging is, you know, you can just get in there and whatever needs to be done, you can do it. I agree. We have to wear many hats as packaging professionals. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Well, What's what's the future of sustainable packaging? Is there anything out there that you're seeing that that is exciting to you? Um, I so I mean I think for me the future of sustainability I think that it has to be in the systems to actually follow through on whether it's recycling or composting or whatever that end of life is it has mm-hmm. to be 
maintained. I think that one thing that's exciting is I think we're past the whole flavor of the month and people are actually paying attention to it where, you know, I saw the environmentally friendly, give a who don't pollute, you know, yeah. I'm dating myself here, but you know, and it's yeah. like, you see that cycle, everyone was like really psyched up and, you yeah. know, first like a, we would get rid of our, tr- we won't throw everything in the street. We won't throw it on the roads. We won't kill trees on and on and on. But I think people are actually seeing the whole picture now where before, before it was a particular industry may have been having issues with their sales. So they use sustainability or environmentally friendly to prop up their business and get more business. So, but then you didn't always hear all the stories about, you know, so yeah, we're planting a tree, but we didn't tell you we're planting a tree that doesn't fit in the environment. So now we've killed half the animals or, (laughs) you know, yeah, aluminum is completely recyclable. However, only, you know, less than 20% of it actually is recycled, you know. I mean, just every, I think every type of packaging has that story. And I think people are actually learning that the complete story now. And before they weren't, they would just hear the one thing, you know, this is the perfect package. And they don't necessarily know why. Now they're looking at what's perfect for me and how do I best handle it? Yeah, I agree. Well said. It it feels like it's actually happening this time. And you're right. If for so long, oh, we want to be green. We're going to be enviro friendly. You know, we're going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. And how much is that going to be? Oh, no, we can't do that. Next year, we'll talk about it. You know, yes. now yes. we're getting answers like, yeah, we have to do it. It's time. We must be part of the solution. We have to be. And 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 then it's hard because, you know, our main type of packaging, it was designed to be disposable yeah. and it's really cheap. So, you know, it's kind of hard to break that habit. You know, we're, yeah. we're like the, the smoker on the high <laughs> cigarette or something, you know, we're, yeah. we're stuck on that right now. And I think we're, we're getting past that. We're going through the withdrawal phase, but you know, we're getting there. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much, Camille. This has been awesome. Can you tell everybody how to get in touch with you so they can use your services? Yes, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Camille Core Chisholm, C-O-R-R, like corrugated Chisholm, C-H-I-S-M. You can go to my website, which is, it should be, it right now it's being under development, but, you know, re- being revamped. But by the time this plays, it'll be Good. You can reach me up on my website, which is www.indigopkg.com. And that's I-N-D-I-G-O, like the color, P is in Paul, K-G.com. Or you can email me at Camille, C-A-M-I-L-L-E, at indigopkg.com. You can just, social media, pretty much indigopkg on Instagram and Twitter, I think you can find me, but the best way is to email me or just go on my website and or LinkedIn. I like that name. Is that your favorite color? Yes, blue is my favorite color. <laughs> you can't already tell. Yes, ma'am. and I yeah, and that's another story. I mean, I initially called named the company something else. And I was in another state. And when I moved back to Michigan, I went to, you know, register the name and there was Instead of I was consulting and there's consultant with the exact same name. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, we went to college together. We even worked at the same company at different times. LinkedIn actually made 
the one of the people at that company, an employee of my company on linked on the LinkedIn page. So I'm like, yeah, I think I better think of another name. One of my friends said, you need to name it a shade of blue because you've always loved blue. I love that. That's a cool, that's a cool name. Well done. Well, thanks so much. And uh, I really appreciate you doing this today. Sure. Thank you, Corey. It's great to talk to you. And finally, one day we will meet in the three-dimensional world. Yes. I look forward to that very much. Yes. And thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this show. We appreciate that. If you're listening, please make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode. And we appreciate a review. Thanks so much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.